I'm just going to read again those verses of Scripture that we read right at the beginning. Uh, verses that I think are uh, very memorable, meaningful for many of us, but also uh, very important for us as a church. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So it's so good, isn't it, to be together. Chance to see old friends. There was one yes. <laughs> chance to see old friends, make new ones. A chance to be together for a change. Uh, but of course, we're not just here for each other, are we? We're together for a change. As part of the church in this beautiful city that we call home, we long to see change, don't we? in our city, in the lives around us. Because if we're honest, everywhere we look, we see things that need to change. In a society in which we have so much, are we really thriving? It's a word that we've kept coming back to in recent days. Are we thriving as people? Are we thriving as individuals? Are we thriving as a church? Are we thriving as a city? Are we thriving as a nation? If we think of our society as a whole, we live in strange times, don't we? On the one hand, we live in a society in which we've had more opportunities than ever before. Many people have more disposable income, more technology than ever before, more access to information, more knowledge than previous generations would ever dream of. And yet, and yet, whether we talk about it or not, many of us, if we are honest in our society, are really struggling. Recent research suggests that adults over the age of 30 are more unhappy than they have ever been. With growing financial pressure, uncertainty about the future, relational breakdown, on and on and on. As one author has put it, life for many is reduced to a never-ending burden of expectations. That we're always trying for more, for more, better, work harder, stronger, be tougher, be more successful. Our society is struggling. But it's not just our society as a whole, is it? As we come closer to home, looking at our city... It's a confusing time. In many respects, our city is really thriving. Certainly for me, moving from London to Birmingham a few years ago, you see the energy that is in Birmingham with more and more investment, massive increase in infrastructure stuff. This is exciting times, more people moving out of London to come to Birmingham. There's, this is a city on the move. We're the most ethnically diverse city in the UK and certainly one of the youngest in Europe. We are a city on the move, but are we thriving as a city? Everywhere you look, there is heartache, devastation, brokenness, emptiness, to the point that Birmingham on the one hand is one of the youngest cities in the UK, but has a lower life expectancy than the average in the UK for both men and women. Are we thriving? And what about us as a church? It's brilliant, isn't it, to hear of good things that are happening that we've shared this morning. And there are countless stories that we could share of lives being changed. 
If you've been around Riverside for a few years, you'll remember this saying, go grow. Because as a couple of years ago, we felt God calling us to branch out. And so we established our Bourneville congregation as we go into different parts of the city wanting to grow. And we have done. More people, people have seen met with Jesus and people have grown in their own faith, taking on new responsibilities. Uh, in many respects, we are thriving as a church. There are many stories and you will know of ones in your own life and in your own circumstances. And yet, there are a few amber warnings as well. And for many of us, deep down, there is a longing for more a longing to see more and more change lives, a longing to see our church thrive even more. And certainly for me and in Judy, as we've been praying and reflecting over recent days, as we shared our hearts, we've had that growing sense of deep, profound longing for God to do more. We long simply to be a thriving church for a thriving city. More and more as we pray, pouring our hearts out to God, being people who are rooted in Jesus so that our lives thrive in all areas and then we bring that thriving to the city we're around. And so in recent days, there's four key things that we think we need to change, four key changes we need to make. Here they are. We firstly, we need to move from striving to thriving and I'll explain more in a moment. We also need to move from conforming to transforming, no longer fitting into the norms and patterns of our society, no longer conforming to the expectations, rather transforming our city. And Andy will share a little bit more in a moment. But also we need to change from now to not yet, that we aren't content with the way things are now, but our eyes are always on what could be, what is not yet. And Judy will share a bit more about that in a moment. Uh, and then finally, the fourth key change, to change from me to we. That we aren't content on focusing on me and what I want out of life, but focusing on the we together for a change beyond myself. Four key changes, and briefly I'll flag up the first and then Andy will come and do the second and then Judy will come. The change from striving to thriving. I don't know if you've heard of the phenomenon called the immigrant paradox. It's a fascinating thing that people who migrate to the West from the majority world, when they first get here, experience an improvement in their health and well-being, for fairly obvious reasons in some cases. And yet, psychologists and healthcare professionals are realizing that as they become fully assimilated into Western culture, their health and well-being gains are reversed. The more they get immersed in our society, the worse they get. As one author said, it seems there's something about the perks of the way we live and the skewed expectations they create that throws us off balance. And as we've been praying as leaders and reflecting over the last days, we're aware that for many of us it's about this striving longing to be better, longing for more, longing for our husband, our wife to be different, longing for our workplaces to be different, longing for our circumstances. We're striving all the time for more, for more. And frankly, it's an expectation that's exhausting. 
and even in our faith sometimes. And yet those words, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. My yoke's easy, my burden is light. The good news of Jesus that he died for our sin, that we might be right with God regardless of our own lives, is good news. And then as we live transformed lives, not striving for his favor, but resting in it, then of course, as our favorite passage, Ezekiel chapter 47 says, wherever the river flows, life will flourish. As we then go out as thriving people rooted in Jesus and in all areas of our lives, live out what that looks like. So that's one change we long to see. In Sunday gatherings, we wanna leave people thriving, not with a pressure of what I should do. And so part of my responsibilities, as the three of us lead, part of my responsibilities, Sunday gatherings. And so if you've got questions about that, come and see me. We really wanna help people to thrive in those of all ages, stages, and wherever you're at. And in our group life, we're exploring making some changes, uh, which doesn't mean that your existing groups need to change, but over the next few months, we'll be introducing a few changes and we'll discuss fully with you, in which we help people with the interests that they have in their lives, just the normal stuff of how you integrate that with Jesus and therefore help others to thrive. So to move from thriving, from striving to thriving. And he's gonna move on to show a change of how we change from conforming to transforming. Uh, thank you. What kind of life do you live that evokes questions in others? You know, when you, when you watch a, a great film trailer, it intrigues you. You wanna know more about the film when it's, when it's a good trailer in that situation. And what kind of lives will evoke the questions of curiosity uh, as we live? <coughs> Godly lives, uh, intriguing lives, socially adventurous lives, lives that bring something of joy and something of God's presence uh, into relationships. Um, I wanna just briefly look at five areas um, where we can grow uh, all of us. People who are generous, people who are hospitable, people who are led by God's spirit, people who are living Christ-like ways, and people who know that they've been sent, that have been propelled out into the world, confident and filled uh, with real hope. Lives that don't conform, but lives that transform. Okay, seeing ourselves as, as people who are actually sent into all of the places that we are. Sent to transform your place of work, or whether it's your, your community, or your neighborhood, your family, on our streets, whatever it is. And to be people that are equipping one another to be different, to be distinct as we live our lives. Conform, not conforming, but transforming. Our cities and our communities and everything that we do. Uh, there's this verse in the New Testament where Paul writes to Titus and he says this, slight paraphrase, but he says, live in such a way as to make the teaching of the church attractive. Okay, live lives that, that, that provoke curiosity and questions from our friends, from our colleagues, because our lives are full of sacrificial kindness as we give to others. And these three, sorry, these five different ways are rhythms that we can develop in our lives. Generosity, first of all, is a way to help bring transformation through ourselves. It may be just three people that you think of that you could bless in some way this week. You know, one of them outside of the church, maybe some of them inside of the church, but who could you bring a word of encouragement to, an affirmation? Who could you give a thoughtful gift to? Who could you do some practical acts of kindness to? 
generosity. Secondly, there's hospitality. Again, some people, three people perhaps, that you could share a meal with, share a coffee with, share a drink with, do a car share with, walk to school with um, if you're younger. Just ways of connecting with people that show hospitality. Again, to at least someone who is outside of the church. Spirit-led. Set a time aside, but set aside a time just to listen to what God's Spirit is saying. Who can I, can I be with? How can I uh, bless them? How can I live in a distinctive way that will make a difference and that might just evoke some curiosity uh, about, about God and about myself through that? And as he prompts us to follow those promptings, that it is spirit-led because he's the God who's out there wanting to transform and change people's lives. Fourthly, a fourth rhythm, to live a Christ-like life, to immerse ourselves in the Gospels, to immerse ourselves in the words of Jesus and to read about Jesus. You know, very often we talk about needing re-energizing, but very often it's actually we need re-Jesusing and uh, to fill ourselves with his words and his life so that we can start to live uh, that life out, Christ-likeness. And fifth rhythm is to be sent, to know that we've been propelled out into our communities and into our places of work and into wherever it is that we find ourselves so that we can just ask the question, how has my life somehow pointed uh, people towards our God? How's my life pointed people in this way? What opportunities have I had in word or in deed to make a difference? We asked this question recently uh, with a number of people and uh, it was amazing just to hear people's stories. As they reflected, they realised that actually they'd had opportunity. They'd had situations come up. Somebody shared about how someone at work who they didn't even really know had come up to them and asked them to, to signpost them because of a, a family, a close family situation that they had. And they'd come to her because they, they'd heard they were a Christian, they'd heard they'd gone to church, their life said something and there was perhaps there was a point of hope there and uh, we began to reflect on that, it was such an encouragement. And so we want to put transform slots into our services where we're sharing that question, you know, how has someone alerted others to the reality of God's reign through their words and deeds in the last week and see what does that look like, how does that very practically work in our lives some rhythms for transformational living, but also as a church as a whole, what can we do together? What events and what activities that can we do across the city, across the generations, across the cultures, in creative ways that just help people to begin to think about the questions of life and the questions of God in a way that we can introduce them to the good news of this great claim that he came to give us life and to give it in all its fullness. So some events that we can put on might be as simple as a musician and a testimony, just sharing about those sorts of things that people can genuinely engage with from right across uh, the different walks of life that we have. So it's twofold, it's our shared, scattered witness into the world, but also our gathered proclamation so that we can live and proclaim transformational living across our city and across our cultures in every way. Judy. So the next key change then is now to not yet. And living for a day beyond this one, living for a world beyond this one, living as citizens of heaven, if you like, 
And each one of us here, every single one of us, looking for the not yet, who is it that we are mentoring? Who is it that we might be discipling or leading? Who is it that we are praying for? So that each of us, if you like, has a not yet, a not yet believer that we're actually friends with, that we're praying for. And we really felt as we were praying uh, that actually the church needs to grow younger, that we need to reflect the demographic. As Tim said, we are one of the youngest cities in Europe. And actually, in order to reflect our city more, we need to be more culturally diverse and actually have much younger people leading. You will have noticed, I hope, at all of our sites over the last year and a half, we've been having younger people preaching. We've been having young services where we've given some of our young people those opportunities but we know it's not enough and we know that we need to do much more of that. So one of the things that we've heard prophetically, uh, some of you have shared words with us about this as well, that actually our second service, uh, maybe in the autumn time, uh, certainly after January, we are going to be handing over to Andy King and a team of people to lead differently with much younger people involved and uh, really with 75% of the people on the stage, and you can call us on this, uh, being younger than the demographic age, the average age, which is 36 for our church and for our city. So really going younger, relevant, and actually developing the not yet. And we would just say we love our young people, we love our children, and we want to rise them up as good disciples, as strong disciples, as passionate people who can transform our city. Psalm 78 verse 7 says, we will not hide the truth from our children, we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of our Lord, about his power and about his mighty wonders. And that is a real commitment that we want to make really as church together, that we want to do that. The other thing is, you'll be wondering about site three. We've been talking about that if you've been part of church for the last couple of years. And increasingly, we have been drawn, as you will probably know, to the Pineapple Estate. Uh, the statistics out of that, 24% of the people living, young children living on the Pineapple Estate currently live in poverty, 24%. 26% are elderly pensioners many of them below the poverty line. 36% people live alone on that estate. And we have been wondering about a fresh expression there, partnering with other churches, and we're exploring that, and we intend to do so over the next few months, exploring a monthly expression to start with, uh, led by a, a completely fresh team, uh, looking at bringing people in. I had a little thought that we might buy an ice cream van, so I've targeted Martin while I'm away to do that. So if you see him running down the road, uh, looking for that but just the idea of bringing food after the service driving in a burger van or an ice cream van and saying here we are let's party let's have some food together on the estate working with our brilliant community group who've been working there faithfully uh, for many years now because one of the things of multi-site is we go where the community is already working and we really have seen God working through youth zone through the work that we've done with the football and we long to partner and and I I head up this, if you're wondering about how L3 works, uh, I head up the youth and the children's and oversee that. And one thing I would love to hear from you is if you have ideas about either of those things, that second service, being involved with that, or maybe uh, being involved on the Pineapple Estate. Do you know, one friend just the last week said, I'd love to just give up a day a week, maybe in a year's time, to just be involved with that and give it my all. And that's the kind of thing that we're longing for. I know not everyone can do that, but when God moves, uh, amazing things can happen as we're together for
for a change. So every one of us looking at that key change of the now to the not yet, who are we going to develop, who are we going to give that opportunity to, and we want to promise that we will be doing that uh, much more as well. So you'll see less of us, which you're probably quite <laughs> pleased about. I thought I might go and have Botox while I'm off so that I look younger, because <laughs> we've all got to grow younger, so I might look very different when I come back, who knows. Um, but finally, from me to we, and we're going to respond to that. I am joking, by the way, some of you looking troubled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, from me to we, and this is really important, and we're going to respond together as church in a moment. But from me to we, if you are a spectator, and we know this, whatever sport we follow, that if you're in the stadium and you're actually watching the game, we're all a critic, aren't we? Yeah, we shout at the television, we're armchair critics. They should have passed that ball differently, and so on. When you're in the game, you are a player, and you own the mistakes together. And we know that actually, particularly for some services it's felt hard, people have felt under pressure, uh, teams have felt under pressure as we heard earlier and we really want all of us to be together for a change, that we go from the me to the we, that we don't become the critics that are in the, in the audience but actually we're in there, we're in there together, in the game together, owning it together in our community groups and actually we've seen a lot of that. One of the brilliant things of multi-site has been people stepping up and growing in discipleship, growing in serving, but we know that we'll need more of that and uh, for that second service to really revisit that uh, in the autumn and again in the new year to build that team. What we wanted to say is, I feel when I talk about this, and we've prayed, we've been away for three days to pray, and to, I feel faith rising in me that, as Tim said, it will be an adventure. It shouldn't be onerous or out of duty, but out of a free and light spirit that God has promised to give us as we move together, that we do that as family, and that where there is unity, the Lord will command a blessing. So let's